Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Glad that you're here with us I'm Pastor Nathan, pastor here at Elk River Lutheran I'm Lisa Sampson, director of Children, Youth, and Family Ministry and I'm Taylor Quinn, the Director of Music Ministry and Worship. Hi. And our theme for this morning is, we're still in this Against All Odds sermon series, and our theme for this morning is, what do I do about my past? Uh, even though Jeremy's not here in person, he has put together a sermon via video that we'll be uh, sharing here this morning, and that's going to be the theme, what do I do about my past? Because kind of like we even talked about last week a little bit, like our past sometimes weighs heavy on us and we, you know, think about ways that we've screwed up or when things have not gone our way and we kind of sometimes get stuck thinking, well, that's it, right? Like, that's it. I'm a failure. And uh, so I think Jeremy says it really well later today in the sermon you'll hear where he talks about, you know, God, how God invites us to acknowledge our past and to, you know, experience our past but to not live in our past and I think that's a big difference and so to get us thinking about the role of past we want to start with a, a, a little bit of thinking activity here for you right okay so I'm gonna ask you guys some questions I'm gonna give you some clues some descriptions and I want you to guess who is this famous person that I'm describing uh, they are very famous and successful people who have experienced some pretty big failures. And so okay. I'm gonna give you some clues about their failures and you all jump in the comments and think whose past are we talking about, okay? So here's the first one. I was cut from my varsity basketball team sophomore year of high school for not being good enough, okay? So this basketball player was cut from his basketball team sophomore year. Here's another couple of statistics for this really good basketball player. I've lost over 300 games, missed 9,000 shots, including 26 game-winning shots. Oh, I probably knew it from the first one. Maybe Did you? Rather. I was expecting Bible characters, so I, was, I had to oh. catch up a little here. Yes, he <laughs> was in the Bible. Was in the, was like, in the yeah. NBA. Yes. The, the biblical basketball <laughs> And here's the last one. My Space Jam oh, yes. was playing for the Chicago Bulls. Uh-huh. Number 23. I figured you'd I go there. I want to be like Mike. What do you think? Is anyone guessing it here? Uh, you can't get it. Oh, I should it? have said it. Oops. Go ahead. No, no, I think. Oh, is it on the screen? Yeah. Hey. Here he is, Michael Jordan. Good job, y'all. Uh, you know, jump in. Let us know uh, if you can get this next one, too. Okay, ready? Uh, so this one, uh, not a basketball player. But, you know, you can go to the next one. Okay. Got, got Didn't another know if question mark. I got a question okay. mark there. So here's another person. Pretty successful but not always. So here we go. Uh, I didn't speak for the first three years of my life. So this person was a late 
talker. Oh, okay. Didn't speak the first three years. Uh, in grade school, my teachers called me lazy because I always had my head in the clouds. So, okay. not good early on in school. Okay. And then finally, I later went on to develop the theory of relativity. <laughs> oh, oh, a small so, thing. Oh, yeah, that you know, guy. Isn't it so funny? Like, so uh, late talker, you know, elementary school teacher said, no, he's just lazy. He's not a good yeah. student. This guy's not, you know, not a good scholar or good in school. And uh, then goes on to develop the theory of relativity. Oh, my gosh. So hmm. uh, what do you think all? Uh, it just goes to show the past doesn't always have to define our uh -uh. future, right? Like, that's the idea. Because, of course, we are talking about Albert Einstein. Hey. As he you, right? Uh, guessing about Albert Einstein. Uh, you know, exactly. Okay, here's, here's another one I'll cruise through. I was born in, I should have practiced saying this name more, Kesselusko, uh, Mississippi. On January 29th, 1954, to my unwed teenage mother named Vernita Lee. All right, 1954. You know, you know this person. Oh, so. you got it in one, maybe, huh? We'll so. see if anyone else does. In 1976, I was fired from my job as a news co-anchor at Baltimore's WJZ-TV, which led to my first experience hosting a talk show entitled People Are Talking. Okay. And then I finally... I went on to become the queen of daytime talk, oh, hosting my own show for 25 years, interviewing everyone from... <laughs> <laughs> Judge Judy. Interviewing everyone from presidents to movie stars, and I still interview the occasional prince and princess. Who could it be? Aww. Big O for Oprah. Yeah, isn't it interesting? Uh, Oprah, um, yeah. Got fired. It's just hard to even yep. wrap your mind around, yeah, right? That's crazy, isn't it? I'll give you a couple more here. I painted over 900 works of art in my lifetime. So, prolific painter, painted 900 pieces. But despite painting 900 pictures, I only sold one piece of art during my lifetime. Only one in the whole lifetime of those 900. You know who this is? There's a couple that it could I'm be. Kind of yeah. Thinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. My most famous work of art was painted in an insane asylum featuring a starry night sky. Oh. Okay. Got you it. got it now? Mm-hmm. Yes. We'll throw up his self-portrait and see if that helps. Um, it's not correct. He's been, there's an ear there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Taylor. It's a little ear joke. Um, it is indeed. Vincent Van Gogh. Uh, isn't it wild? 900 pieces. Do you happen to know how many of those are around? I don't know. I can't imagine. I don't know, but still... I wish I owned one. Wait, yes. there's a whole, there's a whole exhibit now traveling around the United States of his there stuff. Is. There is. It's coming to Minneapolis. Isn't that uh, the interactive fall. one? Yeah. yeah where you get to be in it's the like painting. Projected. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I want to do that. Well, I got one more. So let's see here. Uh, if y'all can guess this one. I dropped out of school at age 16 and tried to join the army, but was rejected due to my age. And so instead, became an ambulance driver in France. Now that is an interesting oh kind of okay. like, you know, right? Where is this going? Exactly. Where indeed. Uh, next, my first company, Laughogram, went bankrupt. And so it took a few years and a special mouse for my next company to finally be successful. Oh, Okay. 
today okay. my name is synonymous with theme parks countless movies and more from humble beginnings to a household name due to my friend mickey and it is indeed walt, walt disney, disney. Uh, the yeah. Walt. and so uh if you want to go to the next slide lisa you know uh, thanks for kind of you know entering into this conversation here and thinking about these famous successful people who um aren't known just for their success but also for some of their failures you know uh that are a part of their story and so when we ask the question what do i do about my past i think it's helpful to remember that even some of these most successful people had failures and shortcomings and when we think about their lives we don't think about those things right when i think about oprah i don't picture her being fired when i think about van gogh i don't picture the fact that like he didn't make a living as an artist like you know like that's wild um i think of like what's so wonderful about these people and yet when i think about myself sometimes i think about all these ways i screwed up and it's hard to move past those so that's what we're reflecting on here today what do i do about my past because against all odds god is not dwelling on your past but is helping us to live into a new future and so uh we celebrate this against all odds theme and message of the easter season and i want to invite you into uh now into uh let's see a little bit of a litany this is a, a litany on uh on this theme of against all odds so let's continue with the litany join me in the responses at Easter, we celebrate that against all odds, Jesus was raised from the dead. And from that time on, his imperfect followers, ourselves included, have worked to bless this world and show that against all odds, hope, hope love, love, and, and joy, joy are always nearby. Sometimes we feel lost, directionless, or alone, but all of Scripture proclaims the truth that with God, against all odds, Hope, joy, and love are always nearby. We trust that our past does not define our future because in Christ we are a new creation. Against all odds, hope, love, and joy are always nearby. God has created us, blessed us, and calls us to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with one another and God. So let us pray together. Holy God, when odds seem stacked against us, you, you meet us where we are and, and fill us with hope, love, and joy. May we extend the same grace to one another. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, we hear now a scripture reading, a story of the Apostle Paul. Today's scripture reading comes from Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 21. Now there was a disciple in Damascus called Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias, Ananias answered, "Lord, I have heard about men, I've heard uh, I've heard from 
I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was with, uh, he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Is this not the man who made havoc in Jerusalem among those who invoked this name? And has he not come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? Here ends the reading. And so we'll continue now with Jeremy's sermon, uh, this message that again dives deep into this issue of past. Uh, Paul's past, our past, and uh, what role that past plays. So I invite you into this sermon and this uh, reflection on the role of our past. Well, this week, as I was digging around the house, I came across my high school senior yearbook. Brought back lots of fond memories like singing in the choir and theater productions and different activities with friends along the course of that year. And it even brought back this idea that I apparently at one time in my life had hair. And even more so, I used way too much hair gel. It's kind of fun to read comments from classmates and friends and to reminisce about all the good times. There's also a little bit of a sobering reality to me to think about never wanting to go back and relive that experience again. You see, high school wasn't all that grand. I never really fit in. I wasn't one of the cool kids, per se. I loved music and theater, and I think I made a lot more terrible choices than good ones. It was a time of never knowing who I was or what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, and when my friends were talking about college and careers, I was still wondering, what am I doing tomorrow? See, the past is an interesting place to visit, but it's not a great place to live. For some, the past can be the place that fills us with the fondest of memories. For others, the past is a place where it is easy to get stuck. It's easy to sit in the shoulda, woulda, and coulda moments of life and let the past weigh us down. So what do we do about our past? Are we meant to carry it with us, to simply let it go, or simply ignore it? That's the question for worship today. Our text today is often called the Damascus Road story of Saul's conversion. Saul, before he became known as the Apostle Paul, 
was known as a religious zealot who persecuted early Christians. He was known for dragging off followers of Jesus to imprison them. And Saul was also present at the stoning of Stephen, the very first Christian martyr. And Saul consented to his death. Saul, by all accounts, was a terrible guy. Despite Saul's story, he is met on the road by the Spirit of God and is struck blind for three days. The Lord visits Ananias, a disciple, and tells him to go and visit Saul on the road. And Ananias quickly reminds God about Saul's past, all the harm he has done to God's people. And in a moment of, are you kidding me? Ananias is told about God's future for this persecutor, despite his harmful past. And so Ananias goes. And Saul, the persecutor of the early church, is met with the compassion of Ananias, who lays his hands on him, and something like scales fall from Saul's eyes. Despite Saul's past, God uses this unlikely hero to tell the good news to the world. But the Lord said to him, Ananias, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles, and kings, and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So if you're having a hard time believing that Saul, this persecutor and condemner of early Christians, was used by God, well, scripture's full of people with checkered and unlikely past who God has called. See, Elijah was suicidal, Joseph was abused, Job went bankrupt, Moses had a speech problem, Gideon was afraid, Samson was a womanizer, Rahab, she was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman had been divorced. Noah was a drunk. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Christ three times. Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was small and money hungry. And Lazarus was dead. Each of these stories is filled with the promise of God using their stories to bring good news to you and I here today. God doesn't concern God's self with the past, but invites us to see a future filled with grace, forgiveness, and mercy. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This week, Clayton, our youngest, had decided to take a pencil and draw on the bathroom door. Now, for the most part, my kids are pretty good, so writing on the door was a rather new experience for us as parents. Ellie made him clean it up, and we talked about, how oh, we can't do that. And so I found myself talking to him about, you can't draw on walls, that's just not what we do, right? But I also said, well, we learned a lesson about this, didn't we? Yet this week, when I forgot to call a friend for an important event in their life, I found that I spent a great deal of time beating myself up for my mistake. So why is it when our kids mess up and make mistakes, we look at those things as moments to help them learn and grow? Yet when we do it, boy do we nail ourselves to the wall, pointing out and reliving every flaw as if it were the defining moment in our lives. Instead, shouldn't we be invited to see this as an experience to learn and grow from? You see, I am convinced that God doesn't look at our past and say, well, check, that's, that ends it, right? But that God says, you are a person worthy of calling into a future. In his book, Healing for Damaged Emotions, David Seaman says, 
Many years ago, I was driven to the conclusion that the two major causes of most emotional problems among Christians are these. The failure to understand, receive, and live out God's unconditional grace and forgiveness, and the failure to give out that unconditional love, forgiveness, and grace to other people. Our past, our hurts, and our mistakes, our missed opportunities are not what define us as people of God. Instead, we're called to pursue what God has laid out for our future. Paul, later, in his letter to the Philippians, invites us to wander. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I am not turning back. Thanks be to God that we are met on this journey of life together, where we are met with grace, called into a promised future, and called according to God's purpose in Christ Jesus. Our past doesn't define us, but our promised future in Jesus does. Against all odds, the world, the way that we ourselves feel convicted by our mistakes in our past and our history, we're not defined by those things. Against all odds, we have a God who reaches down, who invites us to sit in our story, but not live there. We are called onward and forward into a promised future of God, where God loves us unconditionally. Thanks be to God. Amen. grace that tied my heart to 
Thank you for singing with us. Well, we lost some cameras. They disappeared. <laughs> I don't know what happened to them. Uh, so thank you all. Sorry for the jerky moving of the cameras and stuff. Uh, we're down to just the one camera, which is the one that uh, on the device that we control the feed with. So, um, so that's you know that's that's a little weird. But uh, thank you for going with the flow with us and. Uh, We'll make it make do, and uh, I, I love that tying that Amazing Grace song to Jeremy's message because I think he just makes such good points. And I think one that hits me the hardest is like our kids. You know, like I spend a lot of time uh, helping my kids understand that when they screw up, that's not like it, right? Like just because they did one thing wrong doesn't mean I don't love them. Doesn't mean you know that they'll never get it right. And yet, you know. I could probably use someone convincing me of that Absolutely. sometimes. Too. Even with adult children, yeah. when they make mistakes, 
um, I don't beat them up like I do myself. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. That was very insightful and really good to hear today. It was a great reminder. I mean, I, we forget that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you haven't even heard that concept before, but we forget that we, as adults, are the healers of our wounds. Like the only ones that can comfort ourselves. I mean, like, I, 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 there's a time in our lives where we, we no longer can be parented. You know, parents typically are the ones that reinforce these ideas and they comfort you when you've made a mistake. But, we, but we, in our adult life, we switch from having parents to being our own parent. And, and it is, it's such a fantastic reminder that whenever we feel ashamed of something or whenever we've, we've failed, that we have to treat ourselves like what we would treat our kids. And for me, my nieces and nephews, or you know, if a, you know, a, music, a child musician, you don't live in that mistake. You get past mm -hmm. it and learn from it, but you are loved nonetheless and loved even more. You know. Yeah, I think it's such a powerful message. And you know, we started by playing with like kind of celebrity famous people's yeah. past errors and stuff. And I think that that comes back to that same truth that, you know, just like we look at them as these successful, amazing people, we should cut ourselves that same slack yeah. and one another that same slack. And one another, yeah, right. And I think it's mm -hmm. I think it's sometimes easier to forgive others than even to forgive ourselves when mm -hmm. it comes to oh. looking at the past. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.